Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. parade, a beautiful float suddenly sputtered and quit. It was out of gas. The whole parade was held up until someone could get a can of gas. The amusing thing was that the float was for the Standard Oil Company. With its vast oil resources, its truck was out of gas. We have a vast resource of strength and power available to us by the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we can run out of gas, spiritually speaking. Dr. Tony Evans writes this, The moment you pull away from the filling station, dissipation occurs. As you drive, you use up the gasoline. Over time, you will burn the gas. The length of time from full to empty depends on how far you travel, how fast you travel, and the amount of air conditioning or heat used in the car. The fuel indicator slowly goes from full to empty because... Driving the car uses the energy the fuel provides. Eventually, the car will need to be filled up again with gasoline. The filling of a car is an ongoing responsibility. In the same way, he says, as we live life, we get drained spiritually. We go to church, have our devotions, spend time in fellowship with other believers so we can fill our tanks. But as we live our lives, we run empty as we expend our spiritual energy doing the work God has for us in life. In order to continue to do the work, we have to continue to get refilled. This reminds us that we need to keep filling our spiritual tanks, as it were, with the power of the Holy Spirit by regularly spending time with the Word, reading and studying it, being in prayer always, going to church and hearing the Word of God taught and preached, singing together with the saints and serving the Lord at our local churches and being in fellowship with other believers, all these things. Uh, fill our spiritual gas tanks. In doing these things and living by faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we get filled up with joy and peace and hope. We all have the ongoing responsibility of filling our gas tanks in our cars, and we also have the ongoing need and responsibility to keep filling our spiritual gas tanks as well. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15.13 begins with God. He is given the title of the God of Hope. In this chapter in Romans 15, you find different titles for God. In verse 5, you see him called the God of patience and consolation or comfort. In Romans 15.33, he's called the God of peace. As he's called the God of hope, we realize that if there is true hope, that is deep and eternal, it will be hope that is found in the living God. Any other foundation is going to fail. God is a God of hope. He is the author of our hope, the source of eternal hope. He is the source of eternal life and eternal blessing and salvation. He is the object of hope for every believer. All eternal hope of which He is not the author, created in the heart and imagination of mankind, is false. 
The world's religions may have what they call hope, but it's a false hope. Only the hope of which God is the author is true hope, and unless God had revealed himself, we would only be guessing at hope, but the scriptures are truth and windows of hope to each of us so we can see and learn and know and find true hope. A few verses earlier in verse 4, Paul wrote in uh, Romans fifteen four, For whatsoever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Psalm one hundred nineteen forty nine says, Remember your word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. The God of hope is revealed in Scripture where he reveals our hope to us. If we are to be filled with joy and peace and abounding in hope, it must be by learning and believing the truths regarding our hope found in the Scriptures. Some of my favorite verses are Psalm 39, verses 4 through 7, where it says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and as a handbreadth across the hand. In mine age, it says, is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. God is our hope. We place our hopes and our dreams in him. We'll never be disappointed. The hope that God has revealed in his word centers in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.1 says of him, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And as the song says that we often sing, in Christ alone, my hope is found. It's because of Christ and his all-sufficient sacrifice for our sins at the cross, rising again the third day, faith in it, that we have true eternal hope. The direction of hope is always forward, and that's the direction of the Christian life, always forward. And our hope drives us forward in life and in our service to Christ with certain anticipation of glory and blessing to come at the end of our lives. Hope in Scripture Uh, regarding our eternity. It's not a tentative wish that may or may not come true. This hope in Scripture is assured expectation based on the promise of God that what God has said absolutely will happen. God always keeps His promises and He cannot lie. Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God is faithful. God cannot lie. So we have a guaranteed future that awaits us. We have eternal life based on the promise of God. As we hope in God's faithful word and we find our hope in Christ, we find joy and peace for our souls because the future and eternity is sure and it's bright for the believer. In light of that, Romans 12.12 teaches the believer that we are to be constantly, daily, rejoicing in hope because we have been justified and declared forever righteous by God. Romans 5, 2 says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hebrews six nineteen reads, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil.
Our hope in Christ is an anchor for our soul. The knowledge that our hope is certain keeps us from drifting on the strong waves of doubt and despair. It keeps our souls steady in life. Even during its storms and its trials, we feel that anchor's worth and strength during those difficult times. The spiritual anchor of our hope is different from material anchors in this life on ships because we are anchored not downward but upward to heaven. We are anchored not to stand still, but it drives us to move ahead, drives us to live for eternal realities. Our anchor is sure. It cannot break or bend. It's steadfast. It cannot slip because it's biting the eternal rock of God's Word, and it holds, and it holds eternally. No earthly anchor can give that kind of hope and security, no matter how big and strong it might be. So many trust in false hope, false anchors, to give them security in life, but the anchor of our hope in Christ gives true security. Our hope in Christ accomplishes for the soul the same thing which an anchor does for a ship. It makes it fast and secure. Hebrews 6.19 says that our hope, the anchor of the soul, entereth into that within the veil. The veil here is referring to the veil in the temple which divided the holy place from the holy of holies. It hung across the inner sanctuary of the temple and concealed the Ark of the Covenant behind it. That place within the temple, the Holy of Holies, is where God's presence dwelt. It is where His glory resided within the temple. So there's a picture here for the hope believers have in Christ. That our hope, the anchor for our souls, is lodged within the veil in the glorious presence of God. It takes hold there. It is made firm by being fastened in His presence and by His almighty strength. Our anchor holds and grips the solid rock, as the old hymn says. The anchor of our hope is sure, certain, will never move, never slip. And the picture of the fact that our anchor of hope is fastened in the presence of God guarantees that we ourselves will enter into His very presence one day. The anchor, our promised future, is sure, it's certain. The anchor is steadfast and sure. The anchor is lodged within the veil. It's fastened firmly on solid ground. It unites us to the unseen, to God's presence, and we know that we will be brought there one day. Hope in the God of all of our tomorrows makes us look forward with joy to the certain glorious things of the future and give strength for the trials of today. This provides evidence, that, too, that this hope is supernatural, not natural. Because in our hard times, we naturally feel hopeless, not hopeful, normally. But the God of hope strengthens us in the midst of our trials by hope, by His supernatural hope of our future and glory, which helps and strengthens us through those times. World Magazine once printed a story of a Christian man who made a trip to Russia in 1993. He felt conspicuous walking down the streets of Moscow, and he couldn't figure out why. He wanted to blend in, but it was obvious that people knew he was not Russian. He asked the group of Russian educators with whom he was working whether it was his American clothes. He was wearing jeans and a Chicago Bulls shirt. He replied, no, it's not your clothes. He asked, well, what is it then? 
And they all huddled together and talked for several minutes. Then one, speaking for the group, answered politely, It's your face. And he laughed and he said, My face? How does my face look different? And they all went back and talked again. And one of the teachers spoke and said, You have hope. As a Christian American showed hope in a hope-starved country like Russia, so believers can show to others that we have hope. We can show the hope that lies within us to unbelievers around us in life who, sadly, the Scriptures say, have no hope. And so as a result of that, we might be able to speak about our hope with them that they might have hope. That's what Paul goes on to talk about here, the ramifications of us having hope and about the joy and peace that comes from the hope we have in Christ. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Things That Differ, The Fundamentals of Dispensationalism is a paperback 290-page book written by Pastor Cornelius R. Stamm. Those who struggle with rightly dividing the word of truth will find this volume most helpful. Pastor Stamm gives the readers an in-depth look at the major differences between prophecy and the mystery. Every believer should read this work. This book, more than any other, has been used to bring people to an understanding of the distinctive ministry of the Apostle Paul. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Romans fifteen thirteen again, Paul says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. This verse is really a summation of the whole epistle of Romans. It's a benediction to wrap up everything in this book. And it's a prayer. If you're looking for a powerful prayer to pray for someone, this one's a prime candidate. And praying scripture is a great way to pray, praying from memory. Paul prays that the God of hope, the God who is the source of eternal hope, the source of eternal life and salvation, he prays that he will fill your being to the top leaving nothing out. And this verse shows God's direct contact with the believer. He works and he deals directly with the believer in our lives. And here we see him in filling us. Fill means to literally to fill to the brim, make complete. The idea with the word fill is that to fill the person so that it then influences and affects their attitudes and actions. The you, the Phil you, is the believer in the church, the body of Christ. Paul desires that the saints of God and that the saints of the God of hope experience God's joy and peace to the maximum. 
And being filled with God's peace and joy leads to a full and fulfilling life. Joy is a byproduct and fruit of life in Christ and your relationship with God. Joy is not found by seeking it as an end of itself. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit of your relationship with Christ and knowing and growing in Him. Joy is founded on faith in Christ. You know, remember at His birth how the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Christ brought great joy by His coming to this earth, and He brings great joy to our lives as we live by faith in Him. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. The truth of what Christ has done for us brings us true and great joy. Our hope is the source of joy. Our sure hope in Christ brings joy to our lives all joy here, now the God of hope fill you with all joy means all possible joy. The prayer is for the God of hope to fill you to the brim with all possible joy. And like our hope, God is the source of our joy. And the scriptures are the means. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. The Holy Spirit, by His Word and its truths and the hope it reveals, creates that true and great joy in our lives. Again, this is a summation and a benediction of the book of Romans. And when you read the book of Romans, you find so many things that bring hope and joy. And thus, this is a prayer for the believer to sweep back through the whole epistle in your mind and your heart, remembering the hope, the joy, and the peace we have in Christ. It's a prayer for us to remember that we are justified freely by the grace of God, that we have redemption in Christ Jesus, we have peace with God, access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, that we have power over sin, the indwelling Holy Spirit, that God is for us, so who could be against us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Knowledge and faith in the truth and reality of these things is to fill us to the brim with God's joy and peace and cause us to abound in hope. Peace is the calm assurance that God gives in knowing that our relationship with God is right, knowing that we are at peace eternally with God. It's not based on our actions. It's based on faith. Paul's prayer is that the God of hope might also fill you with all possible joy and all possible peace. John Stamm was the brother of Cornelius R. Stamm, the founder of Breen Bible Society. In 1934, when 28-year-old John Stamm, missionary to China, was being led away to execution by the communists with his wife Betty, someone on the road asked him, Where are you going? And John laid hold on the hope set before him and said, we're going to heaven. That's the peace. That's the assurance that God gives by our hope. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of our relationship with the Lord and knowing His Word. Our hope is the source of all possible joy and all possible peace. We learn here how God's joy and peace is filling. Temporal earthly joys cannot fill the soul of the brim like God's joy and peace can Often you find in laughter with people 
that their heart is really sad. But the true heavenly spiritual joy is filling to the soul. It has satisfaction in it. It answers the soul's vast desire and need for fulfillment. Paul says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. There's a qualifier to all this, in believing. And it's, that's the key to it all. That's our responsibility too. It's in a believing heart that these results are brought about by the God of hope. There's joy and peace which God in part rests on faith in us believing. Faith is one of the great themes of the book of Romans, justified by faith alone. It is in a believing heart by faith in God's word that the God of hope fills us with all possible joy and peace and causes hope to abound in us. Trust in the truth of God as revealed to us in his word. And living a life of faith in God brings hope and joy and peace. Charles Deems wrote insightfully, Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. The problem is most people believe their doubts and doubt their beliefs. We need to believe our beliefs with conviction. Believing our real and certain hope is to touch our hearts by the grace of God and cause us to want to live for the Lord, to want to live for the eternal, to want to others to have the hope that we have. Paul wanted the church to know all the joy and all the peace and all the hope that can possibly be given to us by God through faith in Christ and His Word. I like the acrostic that's been given for the word faith. Forwarding all issues to heaven. As we do so, by prayer, we have God's joy and peace. One pastor insightfully said this, Oftentimes believers have come to me and said, What is the matter with my life? I've come to a plateau where I seem to be so bored and nothing interesting is happening, and I have lost all vision and joy in my life. It seems to be so dull and lifeless and pointless. What can I do? I said to them, well, are you reading your Bible? Or are you having regular times of prayer? And usually it turned out that they weren't. I gave the pat answer, which is so easily given by most of us. What you need is time for prayer and reading the Scriptures. But I've come to see that that isn't the whole answer. What they need is to believe what they read in the Scripture and to trust God when they pray. That's the whole answer. It isn't just Bible reading or prayer or Christian fellowship that unlocks the power of the Holy Spirit. It is believing what you read in Scripture and trusting God when you pray. When we trust the Lord and His Word and the truths of Scripture touch our heart, He then fills our hearts with His joy and peace and hope. But it's not just about knowing the Word. It's about believing it and applying it to our lives. And that's when the God of hope fills us. Paul's prayer also for the church is that you may abound in hope. Abound means to superabound, going over and above, to overflow, to be in abundance with the implication of being considerably more than what would ever be expected. As the picture of a river overflowing its banks, the Greek word for abound here was used to describe what was left over of the loaves after Christ fed the 5,000. And we see in that how God's supply exceeded the need. When the God of hope supplies hope, there's more than enough. It overflows in abundance. So that there's 
there's so much hope that there's even left some left over, so to speak. This reminds us of the infinite nature of God and of His ability to give us more than enough in supplying all of our spiritual needs. For us to abound in hope, we must abound in growing in God's Word, which reveals our hope and brings joy and peace by its truths. And we must abound in our faith in it and trust it implicitly and act on it. All this together will cause us to abound in hope. It's the God of hope who makes us to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of His Word. We see here how we can be filled to the brim with God's joy and peace, and then how we can be filled with our hope and overflow with it. It was shared with me recently, so simply and poignantly, how evangelism, the sharing of our faith, is like a bucket that's filled to the brim with water. And when you walk with a bucket filled with water, you can't help but spill some out while you're walking around. And that's what our abounding hope is to do in our life. As we are filled with hope, it's to overflow and spill out of us as we walk through life that, so that others can't help but see our hope. They just can't help, that we just can't help but share our hope with others because you believe and you know our hope is true and certain. Then Paul says here at the end of the verse that all of this is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't produce this joy or this peace or this hope in our lives by our own determination. God fills and He transforms our lives by His grace through our faith in Him. God's joy, God's peace, and God's hope flow from God's Word through the connection of faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit into the soul of the believer. And this verse is really a call for each of us to move closer to our, our Lord and our relationship with Him. In doing so, the Spirit works, and as we get closer to the Lord, our joy increases, our peace increases, and hope increases and abounds. Great words of our faith appear here. Hope, joy, peace, power. These are produced through the working of the God of hope and the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Father is the giver. The Spirit is the communicator of these graces. Our duty and responsibility is faith and spending time with His Word and in prayer. And God will produce these things in our lives and we will be filled to overflowing with them. Romans 15.13 teaches us about a life lived in direct contact with God who works in our lives. It is a life not starved or empty, but full, filled with God's graces. It is a life not of grimness, but joy. Not of fear, but peace. Not of hopelessness, but real hope. Not of weakness, but of strength, lived by the almighty power of God, the Holy Spirit within us. It is a life bright and meaningful, lived keeping our eyes on our Lord, overflowing in our hope, sure of our future, having a glad certainty of glory and eternity in heaven with our Savior. Our prayer for you as you are transformed by God's grace is that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Transform by Grace. Thank you again for tuning in to Transform by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society 
is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.